0: Hey, hi, hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of How to Health Radio with me, your host, Maddie Ray Cooper. And today I am so excited to be here with Joss and Jeannie Rubin from East West Healing. You guys are probably familiar with them, they are just all over Instagram. I know I've been following you guys for years, and your information has been absolutely transformational in my life. Um, and I'm just really excited to have you guys on to talk today. We're going to talk a little bit about thyroid, blood sugar, um, and a lot about just lifestyle changes that you can kind of start to incorporate into your life, um, to feel better and, you know, maybe resolve some issues that you're dealing with, um, guys, for those of you, for, for listeners who maybe aren't familiar with you guys, um, can you just give us a little bit of a summary of who you guys are, what you do, what your main focus is in, um, the, the health space.
1: Hi, Maddie. It's so good to be here with you. Thank you for having us.
2: Exactly. We, um, we're a a husband and wife do we've been doing this work 23 years, uh, a long time. Um, we have very different backgrounds. It's a long story, but you know, we really, um, work with people to help them simplify health, create health, stop chasing symptoms. Right. I think this is a problem in our society, um, to restore metabolic health and, and we you know, of course, on Instagram, we're Real Food is, and we say we're like, you know, we focus on thyroid health, but we're really focusing on metabolic health, which means the cell. That's like our main focus. But you can't really market that. You can't say we're cell specialists. Like people don't even, wouldn't even grasp that, you know. So we're really right. trying to help people from a physiological level and saying, how do I live to support my body to meet its needs? How do I eat to support my body to meet its needs? How do I think even? How do I breathe even to you know, influence my physiology. So it's really about, instead of chasing the symptom, which everyone does, right? And we can talk about that more. It's about how do I focus on what I need and do the things that I need versus doing all the things that are in this culture, which we don't need, which is exhausting. And it causes us to go in a circle and chase our tail, right?
1: And I think that for so long, health has been defined by weight and aesthetic whether we are you know moving it's it's uh, energy in versus energy out it's the type of food that you're eating i think we look at it a little bit differently it's because we're working at the cell level it's can your cells breathe can you take in the the need the the nutrients the oxygen the thyroid hormone all the things that that cell needs to produce energy because if we aren't producing energy we're producing inflammation it's one or the other And what's happening is most people are trying to heal in that in in a really chaotic state physiologically. So in order to really deepen that healing process, we have to get out of that state.
2: But I I want to piggyback that because a lot of people can take what Jeannie said and run with it and say, well, I'm taking supplements to produce energy. Mm -hmm. I'm taking methylene blue to produce energy. I'm eating food. I eat clean. That's a red flag for us. Every time we hear that, (laughs) my alarms go off right? I eat food to produce energy. That's not what it's about, right? Because you have to understand that how you live and think and breathe, how your perception of everything you do, right? And your stress is going to dictate if that works or not, right? So it's a part of the equation. And we'll just use the term stress in a very loose way, because we're not saying like, you're in debt or you're buying a house and you're stressed. Of course, that's a stress. We are talking about traumas or micro traumas or Hans definition, which is when the demands being placed on you exceed what you can handle because what's coming in is not meaning the demands that are in place in your system. That creates debt, right? Whether it's you wait two to three hours to eat in the morning, whether you overtrain, overwork, you don't take any me time. This allows you to create debt. So if you have these blocking factors, it doesn't matter what supplement you're taking. It doesn't matter what food you're eating. You're only as strong as your weakest mm-hmm. link. And this is why supplements don't work for people. Or we it's use. Not the first step. It's not the first step. Or we use gauges like body temperature and pulse to say, well, ma- my methylene blue is working. Or a lab, my supplement is working. The problem is, this is why people say, I'm still taking this, but I still don't feel better. Because the driver, you're just altering the effect right right? you're just changing the lab but you're not changing the cause of it and that's why it's really not doing what it should do and this is what we've seen over 23 years the people that take the time to slow down to do less to simplify that to live life right to have fun and not chase health the ones that do that the food falls into place which means now you're supporting yourself because you remove the blocking factor
0: Right. Well, and I think, you know, one of my favorite pieces of your guys's message and your content is this metaphor of debt, because I feel like that's so easy to understand in in terms, you know, because when if you don't know a lot about physiology or biology and, you know, there's just so much going on. And so it's very easy, I think, to have people understand that all of these things that you're doing in your life, whether it's, you know, a stressful move changing your job, you know, maybe being in an unhealthy relationship or, you know, eating something you're allergic to so many things um, that is putting stress on your body in this way, that's creating debt. And if you're not doing these, these foundational lifestyle things um, and working on, you know, it's, it's, almost like, and you know, you're talking about the supplements, it's almost like people um, treat their body the way that a lot of us treat our finances, where it's, you know, instead of actually looking at, well, how do I budget better? How do I get more inputs? How do I live within my means, you know, financially in terms of my budget? It's like, well, let's go get some more credit cards. And to me, that's like supplements or some of these therapies or gadgets or something. And, you know, you might see a, you know, a little relief or a little bit, you know, feels like it's going better for a period, but you're not, addressing the debt that you're in from, from birth, from childhood, from the way you were raised. Um, And it's really just a whole mindset shift of really going back to say, you know, how do I actually live within my means and, and match my outputs with input?
1: I think, I just want to speak to, you know, we were speaking about how I'm living right now, but you, you mentioned going back to childhood. And I think that that's where we get a little confused because it is an accumulation. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. important to take a step back and say, how did I get here starting from that birth experience, even looking, for, you know, generationally, where am I coming from? How was my mom when I was born? Where, what was my experience? How has my life been? And here, here I am now, because that, those timelines of your life can really inform you into that level of debt. That you've accumulated because when people are coming to work with us we could say that they're easily a million dollars plus in debt so when you start to think about how long it takes to pay that million dollars off you start to get a better sense of what we're really looking at with the respect to the healing process right it's not it's not a sprint to the finish line it is slow and steady because we're unwinding many many variables here and because of all that accumulative debt the body has become very, we've burned through our reserves. The body's become very reactive to everything. So on top of the immediate, what's happening in the environment right now, we're looking at a very mismanaged physiology and a very weak nervous system, right? A very fragile nervous system. So there's a lot of self-parenting that comes into the play and conversation of healing process, but we can only develop that over time and through awareness. Yeah, I
2: I think to comment on one of the things you said because people look at what we say and even some of the things that you just said about stress is like, you know, life is stressful. Right. Right, whether it's your job or you have five kids or I have clients where their husbands go away for weeks at a time. And we're not saying, sell your kids get divorced (laughs) and live on an island, right? But think of it like this. If you have a million dollars in your bank account, And you go shopping but you have a job that allows you to put money back in your bank account that feels good the problem is people aren't living in a way that allows them what we call to build resiliency and metabolic reserve so as they're spending money they're creating more debt right so we're saying yes you might have five kids work 80 hours a week be a stay-at-home mom whatever it is that is your life honor it don't try to change it you have to build resiliency around it because that's your life there's nothing you can do yes there are small changes anyone can do, right? We can always take back our health, which is called responsibility. And we could talk about that, but because that puts you in the driver's seat, that is your power, right? I say I'm owning my life, my day. What can I do to change it to create pockets of resources and, and just calm or peace, whatever I need. But I think that's important to realize that we're not saying like you need to live in a stress-free environment. But you have to build metabolic reserve around your life. Otherwise, your life is going to create debt physiologically. And the other thing based off what Jeannie said is like you are everything from conception until now. People like, well, you know, I have blood sugar issues because I was vegan for two years. Or, you know, I have a histamine response because of, you know, I did CrossFit last year. No, you are the soup. From zero until 20, 30, 40, whatever your age, you are everything. You are seeing the results, the report out of how you've lived consciously or not for the past 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, 60 years, right? So like Jeannie said, we have to honor that and say there's no 30-day fix diet that's going to make you do A, B, C, and D in a short amount of time. But there are diets that imprison you right? Like the histamine diet or the SIBO diet that do all these things, but they're really not fixing the problem. They're treating the effect. They're treating the 20, 30, 40, 50 years of dysfunction. They're not helping to create a different cause. And that's why they keep you nice and comfortable when you go off them. All hell breaks loose.
0: Well, I see, you know, we're, we're moving into with all of the alternative stuff. I feel like we are all struggling tooth and nail to get away from like this Western model of like the, the thing fixes the thing. And, you know, with typical allopathic, everything it's, you know, the symptom and here's the prescription drug. And then it's, well, here's, you know, we're going to get more alternative. Here's the symptom. Now here's a supplement or here's a, you know, a specific diet to be on, but we're still treating this symptom And it really is a whole paradigm shift to start to think from, you know, our body is naturally designed to be resilient, to have these checks and balances, to have, you know, once we can get to homeostasis and it will keep this balance for us, it's really cool. It's like a, you know, a fancy clock or something (laughs) with all of this Mm -hmm. intricate machinery. But if you don't have the inputs that you need to be able to do that, you're, that's when you start experiencing all these symptoms. And so we're still, I think trying to figure out and, you know, like you said before, it's really hard to sell this idea of, you know, yeah, let's fix you on a cellular level and let's get the machinery of the body going the way that it's supposed to by you making these lifestyle changes over years of time (laughs) versus just saying, Oh, go keto for 30 days and you'll lose 10 pounds. That's That's a lot easier to sell.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's instant gratification. I want it. And I want it yesterday. Right. And that is where we have been so conditioned and so misled in the health and healing industry, right? It doesn't work that way. It's not that easy. If it were, we wouldn't be here having this conversation, right? right? We would all be thriving if it were that easy, (laughs) but there's so many variables to take into account. And I think it is a paradigm shift. We have to get away from that quick fix mentality and really sink back into ourselves and When we do that, like I always tell my clients, you know, all your body's expressing is that it doesn't have what it needs to do the work it's supposed to do. That's what it's showing you. And it's creating chaos internally. And all we have to do is quiet things down enough so that you can discover what your tools are. Right. What do you need in order to be able to build that back up and to bring yourself back into balance, right? Because it's always working. Towards that, that's what it's trying to do. (laughs) It just (laughs) doesn't have to be right.
2: I I think that the reason, you know, something. I mean, we've said this literally back in two thousand and two. You know, everyone just shits on Western medicine, and we're not anti anti Western medicine. We're not anti anything. We're just anti people giving up and not taking responsibility for their health. That's what we're anti, because. That's why we're here, you know, every you are control of your environment. It's that simple. You know, everything you think, breathe, see, feel influences your physiology. Right. So if our experiences shape our biology and we're in control of our experiences, if we reshape our experiences, we can reshape our biology. But our culture is so addicted to blaming everyone else. We see this on social media. We get blamed for everything. You know what I mean? Whether it's the smallest little thing, we didn't write enough. We didn't say the right thing. It wasn't the right answer. I mean, it's insane. But here's the thing. And, and people do this They're like, oh, my God, my doctor sucks. I went to him. I did so many labs. He didn't find anything. I'm like, you should actually be happy. Doctors find pathology. You should say, thank God. But the problem is we're seeing all the emerging. And we've seen this forever, like adrenal fatigue, histamine intolerance, you know, all these things that are made up. And I don't mean the symptoms don't exist. But these things are made up. Why? Because they meet the need and are confused nutritional model, just like Western medicine is confused. But it's exactly the same thing. It gives people a crutch to not take responsibility for their health, to blame something else, right? And think if that's causing it, all I have to do is take this to fix it. The model is broken in Western medicine and the model is broken in functional medicine, naturopathic medicine, everywhere in Instagram. Because they're doing the same model they're shitting on. What people have to do is understand there's no one solution for health. There's no one solution because everyone is different, right? People say, well, how do I fix my high blood pressure? Well, I don't really know because I don't know you and why you have high blood pressure, right? There's many different reasons that people have high blood pressure. Physiologically, yes, there's a mechanism, but someone could be super potassium deficient. It could be a lot of stress. It could be overweight. It could be many different things, right? but there is one salute there is one, only one way in our opinion to approach health there is only one way right and that way is to create awareness and take responsibility right for everything in your life because you are in, when you do that now you're in control which means yeah. you control your biology which means you're controlling your lab results you're controlling how you feel right you're controlling how much money you're putting into your bank account to, to have fun, to save, and to pay off your debt, and to spend a little bit, right?
1: <laughs> I just want to take a moment there because people are going to be listening to this. And that's a lot. That's a lot to take in right there. because now you're telling me that I am the one responsible for myself. Oh, shit. Right? Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> How am I going to do this? This is not my fault. Whatever. You know what I mean? But it is not. It isn't. It's not up until this point, but now you know that you're in control. Right, and I heard Bruce Lipton say that in a recent podcast that I was listening to, and he's like, the research is out there, and his book is uh, *The Biology of Belief*. I haven't read it yet, but I'm dying to get hold of it. Um, and he was saying that that your 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 body responds to the input. Right. Your brain takes that input and then translates it into your physiology. Right. Right. So now that we know this and it's proven over and over and over again everything up until this point is, no, is not your fault but from this point forward right it is it's your responsibility i right? think it becomes and that's more. really big that is really big but we have to take bite-sized pieces and that's the most important thing it's taking a step back taking an assessment looking at how we're functioning and then what's one small thing we right. can begin to change yeah right yeah
2: i mean we're computers right computers don't work without programs where your programs developed from your childhood. So part of it is not your fault and part of it is your fault in a good way. You know what I mean? And I think this concept of what we're talking about makes a lot more sense for not everyone, a lot of people when you have children because you begin to see what you do, what you say, how you feel, everything, how that shapes your child, right? And how it shapes your child's nervous system, their experiences, their biology, right? Um, and how they respond to that and how they act out, right? Because they're not being seen, heard, held, and acknowledged. Right? They're saying, just like Jeannie said, that your, your body doesn't have what it needs. A child doesn't have what it needs. And it can't express it verbally. It has to express it another way, right? So these things are, are the, the foundation of our work. And it's getting people to own everything in their life. And that's not easy. I get it. Because I've been sick before. Jeannie's been sick before, and, you know, I can say with 100% when I struggled in 2015, that was 100% my fault. It wasn't an easy pill to swallow, but it was my fault. I created every single problem that I have had, sorry, had, but I also took control and fixed it all on my own, you know. Yeah. Yes, I, I, I sought out doctors, but they really weren't much help, you know, so... I think that's empowering for a lot of people. And I'm not saying like, like if you have cancer or something, don't work with your doctor. We're not saying that. We're saying, though, the biggest piece to your puzzle is you. No one's asking you what you need. No one knows what you need. Only you know that. Right. And you have to take control of that puzzle. Because if you do, we can tell you that the possibilities are endless with everything else you're trying to do.
0: Well, and that's one thing, you know, honestly, it's kind of becoming a, a running theme of this podcast because most of the people that I talk to kind of have the same opinion as well. Um, but it's just that idea that you are the expert on your body. You are the expert of you. And I think, you know, for so long we have this idea that, oh, well, the doctor's the expert. They went to school. They know. Well, they know you know, a lot about, I don't know, blood chemistry or, you know, what to do if you get your finger chopped off or how to remove an appendix or something, but they don't know, you know, you have a lifetime of experience being you. And so you are really the only one who can bridge that gap um, with your experience. And so it's, it's your responsibility, but it's also, I feel, you know, like you guys were saying, it's really empowering to, come into that space of saying i am the expert of myself i have the ability to fix myself and that's you know really what it comes down to so you know as as much i think you know th- the information is out there and you can learn and uh you know i even think to myself sometimes like yeah i've i've been researching and trying to fix myself for like a decade and a half now and i've made a lot of mistakes i've you know i've been vegan i've been keto i've done you know taken a bunch of spent so much money on supplements that I'll never get back. Um, But, you know, all of those mistakes, you know, you guys can't see me, but in quotes, these mistakes that I've made have taught me so much. And I've just learned more about myself. So, you know, Yeah. And it, you know, you might be going through that journey and you might hit a bump in the road or do something that, you know, maybe you'll look back you're like, well, that wasn't the right choice, but it's just mm-hmm. part of the learning process. And so I always encourage people yeah. to just, you know, take, take the horse by the reins
1: and try stuff, you know, it's a critical part of the healing process and in the journey. And I think that you, you can't, you have to move through what you hear. 1st right. like you're going to hear what you need to hear when you need to hear it and that's the only time you're going to hear it <laughs> right it's right. when you're ready for it <laughs> so it really requires you to move through and be guided into the next space and whether you land in that that space that's that's the one is you know it's, it's totally dependent upon where where you go and what you're ready to hear when, you know during the process so i think that that's that's huge for people to understand that they're not doing anything wrong in right. their process everyone's going to be in different places and they're going to do it a different way. There's a million different ways to get to the top of the mountain. Right. But um, I think when we're, what we're looking at it and after being in it. So for so many years, there are some basics that we need to come back to. And the basics are, how are we living right now? This is what we have control over. Right. Yeah. So let's work with what we can control and put to the side what we can't control right now. And we'll, over that's the time, our- we'll start to understand it more deeply.
2: I mean, that's our culture. We love focusing on what we can control and not focusing on what we can control. Right. right. I can't eat these foods. Well, then don't focus on them. Focus on the foods you can eat. You know what I mean? I don't have any time. Stop focusing on the time you don't have and focus on the time you do have. Right. So that's a huge thing. I think we waste so much time. We waste so much time and money and energy on things that we have no control over. Right. But that pulls us into the next concept of, we have a culture that's so codependent, right? In every aspect, in every way. From marriage to everything in between, right? Because think about it. How good does it feel to get your needs met through someone else? Like how many people love giving gifts to other people? Like a lot of people do because it feels good, right? Or when you do something for someone, it feels good. But imagine this. If you were able to co-regulate but also self-regulate. And you did yeah. those same things to yourself, how good would that feel? That would feel even better because now you're meeting your own needs, right? And you're empowering yourself. What?
1: That's so layered. Why? Well, because most people not so worthy and well, have to do that for themselves, right? right. So I, hear what I mean, what it's, it's,
2: it's the childhood thing. It's how we experience our, our parents really is what it comes down to, right? But it, you're in control. Right. And a lot of these things that we learned are things that we've heard. And I'm like, oh, my God, like I'm just like my mom this way or just like my dad in this way. And they love me to death, but I don't want to repeat that. But it's a struggle every day to not repeat that. You know what I mean? And I know everyone has different childhoods and some people have extreme trauma and they need support to work through it. But at the same time, it just comes back to that same message of you know, you're always in control. And it's not about meeting other people's needs, right? It's about meeting your own needs. And you can yeah. do that every single day. It doesn't mean you have to do breath work. It doesn't mean all you have to do is focus on food. A question we ask everyone in one-to-one and every every time we do group is ask yourself every day, what do I need? I always go back to this one client I had who I still work with off and on after like three to four years. The first time I asked her that, she like bawled. She's like, I, I don't think anyone in my family has ever asked me what I need. And I've yeah. never even asked myself what I need. I don't even think my parents ever asked me what I need. And that's sad. But at the same time, that can be very empowering. Because now you're creating that shift. Yeah. That shift that we all really need.
1: I'm right. oh, sorry. <laughs> Go ahead, Mary.
0: I just, you know, I, I notice, um, I, and I feel like with, especially with my generation now, there's a big trend toward, oh, well, my parents didn't parent this way, so now I'm like this. And, you know, yeah, it's unfortunate that, like, but, you know, often... Our parents aren't perfect. They're just doing their best and they're dealing with trauma that they haven't resolved yet, you know, yet either. And so, how freeing does it become when you realize that you can reparent yourself and be that person that you need for the experiences that you're going through? And, you know, so then you're not relying on, oh, well, I'm just this way because my parents didn't do X, Y, and Z. Well, now you get to do that for yourself.
2: Yeah, but guess what? Every generation's parents didn't do X, Y, and Z. Like no one's that special (laughs) that it was just their generation. And I get what you're saying because I see it and I hear it 100%. Um, But my parents, I mean, Jeannie's parents, like, you know, Jeannie has a story like we are a result of our childhood. Every single human being is. And it's our choice to be completely numb to it or conscious to it and say, that was great. They were programmed by their parents, but I don't want to continue that program. And I learned this from one of my mentors when I worked for the Czech Institute and I left. And it was this whole shit show of drama. And it was really depressing and sad for me um, because I held this person on a pedestal, you know, and the things they did and said to me really hurt. And he said, Listen, just think about all the things you learned, right? But also the things that you learned that you don't want to do and replicate and and how you don't want to treat people. And that's what it's all about. You know, it's not that your parents did anything wrong because they're doing exactly what they were programmed to do by their parents. But it's powerful to say, you know what? I'm going to change that. I'm going to shift that, right?
1: Not easy. Not easy. easy. None of it's easy. (laughs) I just want to keep saying that again, though, because I know from my own personal journey, it's been decades decades to work through and to build that resiliency and to understand it deeply enough to move through it. Right. And there is, you know, people are going to hear this and and they're going to look at, you know, they're going to start looking at their own, their own uh, challenges and traumas. And there's a lot of conversation out there right now about unraveling trauma and somatic work and whatnot. And um, it's, we have to be careful because we can't just go work out our traumas (laughs) it doesn't work right but we can build a foundation that allows us to build resiliency that allows us to come back into our body that allows us to find our midline again that allows us to find our feet and and to ground and reorient and find ourselves in the world where for most people you know they aren't in their bodies they don't understand themselves We live in a culture that pulls us away from ourselves as much as possible on top of those layers of conditions and beliefs and experiences that we've all had in different ways, right? So this is a very, very big conversation that we're having here, but coming back to the basics, looking at the immediate, where am I right now and how do I begin to use my food in a way that starts to calm some of the Yeah, noise. I was going to say,
2: this is what our, is right? what our work is How about. How do I
1: begin to wake up in the morning? And what do I do after I wake up in the morning? What's the first thing that I do to set myself up for success? It's these very, very basic baby steps that allow us to align with where we are right now and take small bite-sized pieces that grow and grow and grow and grow and grow, and grow over time because we are who we are at the core. That's not going to change. So what we're actually learning to do is how do I support myself in this world based on who I am and for the rest of my life? Because when we step into this work, we don't walk away the same person over time. We change, we adapt, we build resilience, right? We move in through different phases of life that that are challenging, that are not challenging, and they all require different things. So it, this, we, you know, again, we get to go on this journey of just the basics, the day-to-day stuff, and we get to check in and observe and shift from from moment to moment.
2: But I want to say it's not about doing more. That's the message that everyone hears, right? That it, I have to do more, right? And that's what people do. The problem is when you do more, you're not creating any change. All you're right. doing is saying, I'm overwhelmed, my plate is full, So I'm going to add more breath work, or I'm going to add more activity, or I'm going to add more supplements, or I'm going to add red light therapy. The problem is, to create change, you have to change. So what we're saying is, do less. We're saying, like, I I think of one client where information overload, so paralyzed, so confused. You know, she has two kids. When she washes the dishes, does A, B, C, and D, she listens to podcasts. And I'm like, maybe you shouldn't be listening to podcasts. And she's like, you know, I never thought about it like that. She's like, that actually sounds really good because I think it's the podcasts that are making me so confused. I said, well, what do you like? She's like, I used to love listening to audiobooks, right? And I stopped because I got so deep into these podcasts, you know, and it's just so much information. But So she went to listening to podcasts, to listening to audiobooks, and it was a huge – shift from just overwhelming confused to now this plate being just where it should be. So it's not about doing more. Sometimes it's about doing less. It's creating a shift or just doing things differently because we don't have a lot of capacity and we're overwhelmed. Our plate is full. Doing more turns the journey of health into an unhealthy journey.
0: Yeah. And I'll even say, you know, I'll share just with my experience because you know, that's, I found you guys out of, you know, very pivotal point in my journey. I was dealing with really bad PCOS. I'd have like a week out of every month where I was just debilitated. And, you know, I'm starting to kind of, you know, learn these things. And I think really the first it was, you know, just eat breakfast and then, like stop drinking, you know, stop s- drinking coffee until and not having anything else until one o'clock in the afternoon. And so it was just taking that little nugget of information and like holding on to it for dear life. I stopped drinking coffee first thing in the morning. I still drink coffee, but just like, you know, later in the day, mm-hmm. and I started eating breakfast. And with all of these big, you know, I think it feels very overwhelming to talk about these big, you know, philosophical shifts and these big mental shifts. But, you know, I wasn't there at that point. I wasn't ready to take full responsibility. I wasn't at this point where I was going, "Oh, I'm I'm reparenting, I'm addressing my trauma." You know, it was it was this one thing of I'm just going to try to set my day up better. I'm going to start eating breakfast. And because of that, I was able to develop, you know, slowly learn more about nervous system health and, you know, start to tweak my food better. Oh, well, I feel better if I eat, you know, this breakfast versus this breakfast, you know. Right. And so it was all, and I, you know, it's been years now. You've been doing this for, you know, on this specific part of my journey for like four or five years now. Um, And, you know, but it's, so it's all these little things. And it's, you know, for me, it's one thing at a time and you can kind of, it snowballs into now. I can't imagine having my day without breakfast and I don't even think about it. It's not an effort for me. Um, It doesn't take willpower to try to figure that out. That's just a part of my routine now. And so I think, you know, it's just, If you can pick one thing at a time, and you know slowly add stuff, it you know incorporate it into your routine. And now you've built this routine for yourself that's super supportive.
1: Exactly, and it starts with when you wake up in the day, every day, right? And it is just that we mentioned the question earlier: is okay. Well, what do I need today? Because you can't assume that you're going to come into every day the same. Every day is going to be a little bit different, and your needs are going to shift just a little bit different, or a little bit, a little bit. So you know, for people listening start there. You know what I mean? If you're not eating breakfast, eat breakfast, give your body some energy because that's, you know, when we talk about this idea of deficit, what we're talking about is a chronic stress response in the system. When the body doesn't have energy, it's going to turn to stress hormones that are flooding the system to mobilize energy, (laughs) right? So if we provide the body with the energy that it needs, guess what we do? We turn down that stress response. We give the body what it needs to upregulate the energy response, right? right? The energy production in the system. And now we've created some regulation. And then what do we do next, right? So if we're coming in at a million dollars in debt in one day, and we put a little bit of fuel in our tank and we tone it down then we have to manage that demand through that first half of our day right what are we doing what are all the, what's the activity that we're doing because for a lot of people just taking care of their kids is the equivalent of a, a workout physiologically yeah. speaking right so then we have to manage that physiology through providing the energy because we have to remember that neurologically, the brain's saying, I am not safe. I do not have what I need. I do not have the resources. And what's happening internally are those resources are being burned through so rapidly that we have to do for the body what it can't do for itself as we move through these earlier phases of healing. And we can do that so effectively through just using, how, learning how to use our food to do that. Right. But, but
2: I do want to say for people that are listening, it's not just you have to eat breakfast first. For some of you, right. you might say, like, I have clients that it's changed their world. They wake up 15, 30, 45 minutes, an hour maybe before their kids wake up. Right. Right. And they do whatever they need to do. One of my clients, I said, what do you like? What do you, what do you need? She's like, I need to just step outside and feel the air and the wind on my face. I, I love it. So that's the first thing she did every morning. Maybe it's not going to your phone. Maybe it's not having coffee. Maybe for you right now, it's just waking up a little earlier. or just doing your morning differently and not even worrying about breakfast. So it is about food, of course, but I just want to say, it's not just about food. We not don't, always. we don't want to strangle that piece, but on the other end, just to piggyback off what Jeannie said, and you know, we always come back to physiology when we, when we, when we talk about anything, it's just the anchor, right? Cause to some extent i personally feel you you really can't argue physiology even though our society loves to argue it but they're arguing it through the keto lens or the weight loss lens they're not arguing straight physiology right you know everyone everyone wants to regulate their blood sugar and i find it a great goal but i also find it quite silly because everyone tries to manage it with food mm. right and it is how you can manage it. But think about this. When there's chronic, unmitigated stress in the system, right? Maybe it's from overtraining. Maybe it's from under eating. I mean, it could be a million things. Again, it's not just like, oh, my God, I had a stressful day at work. It's not just that. It's the demands being placed and you exceed what you can handle. When it becomes chronic, right? When you never come back down, right? You're always on the roller coaster. The body, you it can't what's coming in is not meaning that demand. So the body says, I need to help you. So all these systems go into hyperdrive, proteolysis, lipolysis, glycogenolysis, and and um, glycolysis. And it really is, you're breaking down, essentially, macronutrients into energy. Well, it pushes so much sugar into your blood, which causes you to be hyperglycemic, which then causes you to be hyperinsulinic. A lot of things happen from there, like sexual more binding drops. So increases free testosterone. This is PCOS. This is how PCOS is created. I mean, you cannot argue this again, even though people love to. But so if you want to regulate your blood sugar, but you're still chronically stressed physiologically, you're never going to regulate your blood sugar. It's impossible. But of course, we'd love to blame carbs. Like carbs are the reason I have blood sugar fluctuations. You know, not the 17 tablespoons of maple syrup that I'm putting on my pancakes or whatever it may be, right? This is responsibility. It's how we're living our life and how we're experiencing our life, which dictates our physiology, like Jeannie said at the beginning, right? If you see a beautiful picture, that's going to influence your physiology and it's going to go, I feel good. You see a really scary picture, a scary movie, depending on who you are, that's going to influence your physiology differently. So don't chase your food because how you live and how you meet your needs and all aspects of your life is going to create that stage to allow the food to do what it's designed to do, right? We love to blame food. And I've said this so many times on Instagram. If you put a dollar into a change machine, right? We had change machines when we were kids. Now you can just get – you put money in and you get a little you know, card with money on it to use at the you know, arcade. You put a dollar in, you get four quarters. But what if you got two quarters? Would you blame the dollar or the machine? The machine. So when food doesn't work for us, don't blame the food. It's the system that it's going into. And we, again, have control of that. So don't chase your blood sugar with food because how you meet your needs on all aspects of your life is going to dictate your physiology, which is going to regulate your blood sugar 10 times more. Because now you're going to pull down those systems. Right. And now you're going to create balance and they're going to come up when they need to, but come down when the stress is not there.
0: Yeah. It's been, you know, that's one thing that I have ended up talking about often with people who have that I've worked with with weight loss. Um, a lot of times it's, you know, talking to them about what their day looks like. You know, maybe they're a nurse or a teacher and they don't have time to sit down and eat lunch. You know, they're just on the go, they're not eating till four o'clock. And, It can be really transformational to just be like, whoever your boss is, it's illegal for you to not get to sit down for 20 minutes and have lunch. Go figure out how you can go sit down for 15 or 20 minutes and just eat your lunch. Turn off your computer. You know, go sit in your car if you need to. And just, eat. it doesn't even matter what it is. It can be the same food you were scarfing down as you were walking between the one thing and another, but just having a few minutes to yourself to allow yeah. your body to relax, like go listen to like, your an audiobook or some music, like do something that's going to help your body just feel, you know, take a break from the stress of the day before you start eating and your digestion will completely change. It'll, you know, it'll be amazing. And so it's, you know, we're, we're always going after the supplement or the, you know, the things, um, And then it's, it's hard to do this because it is really hard to maybe shift your schedule. Maybe you have a boss that's a jerk. Maybe your job is not conducive or, you know, you've got kids running around. It can be really hard to set aside 20 minutes to go eat lunch. But if you can figure out a way to do that, that can solve so many issues and really change your life. There's always
1: a way. I mean,
2: yeah, we have one child and we work from home, but I used to work in hospitals. Like, Trust me, I have figured out every way. There is a way for everything. you But know what it I mean? takes
1: a second to it, figure that out. It
2: does it's take gonna, a second yeah. to figure it out, for sure. Um, you know, what was I going to say? I forgot what I was going to say based off what you said. But um, there is a way, you know. And it's just like I always tell my clients, like, put an audio book on for your kids. You don't have to put the TV on or work with your children to maybe get them to play together or Play by themselves or you know hire help or talk to your in-laws or you know just work on creating an environment to help you to get because five minutes three times a day if that's all you got guess what now you're creating a shift now you're getting off the roller coaster for five minutes every day right it doesn't always have to be so grandiose we think in this this such a grandiose thing like if i want to get healthy i got to do all these things it's so overwhelming. It can be super small, but you have to start somewhere, right? It's just like you're paying off debt. Well, I'm a million dollars in debt. I don't make a million dollars. I can start by putting in $10 a week. Great. Because guess what? Over time and consistency, you will pay off your debt. It's going to take a long time, but you'll get there, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I think part of it too is is you're worth it, you know? And I think it's so hard – It can be so challenging for people to make these big life shifts, but it's hard to ask. It is. It it really it is, especially for so many of us that are used to not having people in our lives that do ask us those questions. Um, You know, but you are worth it, and it is. It's so worth it to make that shift. And say, you know, I am responsible for the way that I feel. I'm responsible for creating this life that allows me to feel good and be functional. And, you know, it. if, you're, if you can't do it for yourself, because I know that that can be honestly really challenging, then do it for the people around you. Because you're going to be able to be a better spouse, a better girlfriend or boyfriend, a better parent if you are regulated, if you are feeling good, if you right. have that energy, you know. It's, it's one of those, it's like the world would be a better place if, you know, everyone got to have a little bit of what they need in their life.
1: It would be such a different place. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I was just saying, when we build awareness for ourselves, we begin to have compassion for ourselves. We begin to see the world differently through a different lens where we start to see other people's struggles much more clearly and to be able to have compassion for them and hold space for them. It is a domino effect. So it's... there's huge possibilities
2: here. You know what you said kind of fits into this one principle. We actually wrote a, po- a post on it before. It's called the I, we all principle. Well,
1: I was hoping you'd
2: just that up. So it's like your eye is the soil, right? It's the soil. It's you. It's the soil, right? Whether it's your rhythms, your sleep rhythms, any rhythm you have in your life, and, and not just a rhythm. It's figuring out the rhythms that make you tick, right?
1: Yeah. It's.
2: What you need. It's your me time. It's your hobbies. It's it's everything. It's your soil. It makes up who you are. Well, that influences and creates the we. Right. Which is a relationship with one person. And the we is like the trunk of the tree. Right. It's the base of the tree that comes from the soil and the roots. Right. Right. So the we is a relationship with one person. It's my relationship with Jeannie. It's my relationship with Harrison. It's my relationship with my mother, et cetera, et cetera. Or a friend, right? So your I is gonna indic- is going to dictate your we relationships, right? Because you influence them. Right. And it's it's how, like Jeannie said, it's how you have compassion or not, or able to see where people are at and not judge people and say, you know what? I'm actually seeing maybe some pieces of parts of myself, but I can have compassion to where they are. You know, even they they call me an asshole and a jerk on Instagram, I have compassion because I can't imagine what they're going through right now in their life, that they're going to take the time to do that on Instagram or whatever, right? And then your all or your branches, which is your relationship with more than one person. It's your business. It's your family. It's all your friendships, right? So think about this. Everyone's chasing their job and their family. Everyone's chasing you know, their relationships, it always comes back to you, right? It's like something Jeannie is really into right now that I've been kind of listening to a lot is like children with ADHD, right? Children with ADHD don't have attention deficit. They have a deficit of attention from their parents, from not parenting them. Why? Because the I influences the we, right? So it's an important concept to understand and it just goes back to the more you take the time to give yourself what you need, ask yourself what you need, create your hobbies, have fun, create your rhythms, the we's are going to fall into place and the all is going to fall into place. Exactly how you need it to and want it to.
0: Yeah, I, I think the piece um, I've been looking into the ADHD piece recently. And I just, I think it's really, really interesting. Um, and I'm certainly no expert at this point. It's more of a, just like, this is very fascinating. Um, but one thing that I just hypothesize and think about, you know, if, as we're talking about, well, maybe our parents, you know, have all this baggage and, you know, if you're, if your parents are unregulated, then how are you, you don't see an example of how to self-regulate. And so I think that's a little bit you know, we're, we're having a lot of kids now that are not able to self-regulate. They're not able to, you know, keep themselves, um, you know, occupied or spend time alone. They're all over the place, but that's also, we're all over the place. And now there's, you know, all this explosion of adults being diagnosed with ADHD. It's like, well, okay, is it really a a diagnosis or are, are we just all trying to escape the reality that what we really need to do is learn how to regulate ourselves? (laughs)
1: I think it's 100% what it is. Yes. You know, (laughs) when we're in, you know, physio, so when we see people who have all of these symptoms who are coming in and they've got X, Y, and Z going on, that body cannot regulate. It has not been regulated for a long period of time, right? So then we have the children in the mix, who can't regulate, it is a domino effect. Right. A hundred percent. You cannot, you can't deny it. And there's a ton of research out there. I mean, there's a lot of things that cause
2: domino. us not to regulate. And it's like, it's a podcast that, you know, Jeannie introduced me to. It's called ADHD is Over. It's it's actually quite amazing. It's a husband and wife. and But he's like, ADHD doesn't exist. The symptoms do. We didn't come on this planet with ADHD. We just created this construct based off Children that like, don't want to sit down or need a little bit more time or have a little bit more energy. Mm -hmm. But remember, they are a product of their environment. And unfortunately, in this day and age, children are going into daycare younger and younger. So now their nervous systems are being shaped and polished, not by their parents, right? And they're not getting the same see, see, heard, held, acknowledged and responded to appropriately more often than not, right? So again it just comes back to they're not being parented of course you can toss in social media you can toss in toss in phones and computers and kids don't play anymore i mean play is the universal language of the nervous system and i mean when we were children that's all we did right we come home we were outside until it was dark out you just don't see that anymore because of fear as well not just you know technology so I truly believe, and I'm I'm assuming Jeannie does too, this is what's shaping our children. We don't have to go into all the new events that are happening in our society, but I strongly feel this is why these things keep happening, right? It's acting out. They're not expressing what they can verbally because kids are just not being parented and they're not being seen, heard, held, and responded to. The biology is not being shaped the way it should be, you know? And we're just seeing that.
1: The child is the canary in the coal mine. Yeah. Right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I it's... Think...
1: it's... Go oh, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry.
2: <laughs> I was just going to say it's it's sad, right? We're seeing our culture be sicker and sicker. We never used to work with 20-year-olds. Ever. Zero. And we work with tons of 20-year-olds, right? When I was in college, you know, 20, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, baby. I wasn't worried about <laughs> boron and magnesium and potassium. I was worried about marijuana Keg stands.
1: Well, unfortunately, that information or fortunately, that information was readily available. So I get I it. But I'm just well. saying
2: this is what, yeah. this. But that shapes our that's our experience, which shapes our physiology. Right. So, you know, it is sad. But again, I think when we go back to the eye. Right. And we understand, like, OK, everything we do, everything we think, everything we say, breathe. It, it influences the children. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, you can treat it from the effect, but as a culture, we're going to keep chasing our tail until we really buckle down and take responsibility.
0: Yeah. Well, that was what I was going to say is I feel like I've, I've started to see so many parents be very hypocritical. where like, they have a f- addiction to their phone, social media or Netflix, or whatever, but they will then say, oh, well, we don't let our kids have phones we don't let our kids have screen time or something like that and it's like well you don't hesitate to know what's best for your child and make sure you're caring for your child and i know you guys say all this all you know all the time you would never have your toddler wake up and give them a coffee and then not feed them until the afternoon and so there's just is this crazy disconnect i think where it's like okay well we if you know what's best for a child, our physiology as an adult is not different than theirs. So right. we still need these same things. We need to be able to not be overstimulated all the time by, you know, either, you know, one great example is the obsessive obsession with the research. You know, we see that so much in our community where, like, your client who's just in every free moment she's listening to a health right. podcast. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, maybe you just need to like. Just not be exposed to all this information all the time, not be so overstimulated, you know, and, and do some of these things where you're asking yourself, well, okay, what do I need? If I was parenting myself, um, if I was my child, what would I do today to make sure that I'm having a, a calm, happy day, or I feel safe? Um,
2: it's you know, a great way to things.
1: approach
2: it. Well, information isn't bad, right? Information right. is not bad. I used to see this when I would teach around the world. I would see all the same people all the time. And I'd be like, why are you taking the certification? You just took level one three weeks ago, right? The problem is information that is not applied is dead information. That is what, it's dead information that's the problem because that dead information is stagnant. It builds up and builds up and builds up. And that is what creates the confusion in people being paralyzed. But when you take information and what you learn and you apply it, now it becomes knowledge and you have room and space to take in more information, to process it, to apply it. That's why our work is all about application. It's not about information. There's enough programs on information. Right. But at the same time, now, when you apply the knowledge over time, it becomes wisdom. And then you can actually mm-hmm. teach it or pass it on to your children. Right. Um so I think that's an important concept, like information isn't bad. It's just that so many people are just like sucking in all this information and doing absolutely nothing with it. Absolutely right. nothing with it, right? Um, except blaming foods for histamine and bacteria, placebo, and it's just making it worse because it's creating more of a disconnect.
0: So for you guys with your clients, you know, we're talking a lot of, uh, about a lot of like big – philosophical topics. Um, And obviously kind of what we're getting to is that everyone's journey is going to be really different. So there's, I'm sure really no way for you guys to say, Oh, well, you should do this, this, and this, (laughs) because that's basically what we're talking about here. But um, with that being said, is there some, is there something that you find to be helpful for people starting out in just kind of like, is, you know, journaling or keeping notes, or is there some Modality that you find is helpful for people to kind of start figuring out what it is that they need to do for themselves?
1: Oh, gosh.
2: I think, I think, uh, <laughs> I,
1: think
2: was uh, <laughs> and I was going to say this earlier, based off something you said, is everyone wants to create health, but no one's creating space to create health. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that is what's going to allow you. To figure out what you need. No one is slow no one is slowing down during the day. No one is pausing and sinking into their body. They wake up, they go a million miles an hour, and then they sit down and watch Netflix and go to bed without really saying, How am I doing? How do I feel? You know, until shit hits the fan and they're not sleeping, they don't have a cycle, they have gut issues, and the list goes on, right? That's the debt. So I think we have to create space for it and slow down a little bit to really <laughs> get off the roller coaster right so we can go you know what i need to do things differently because you can't figure out anything on a roller coaster imagine being on a roller coaster every single day like literally going on the scariest roller coaster and sitting on it all day long for 48 36 hours you wouldn't be able to focus on anything else do anything else etc so i think we have to create space we have to slow down we have to pause again it's not doing more it's maybe saying you know what at lunch, like you said, I'm going to go outside and sit on a bench and complete quiet and eat my food so I could be with myself and, and and get rid of the background noise. It's going to be different for everyone. Like for me, mountain biking does that, you know, or like when I'm driving in my car a lot of the times. So I don't put on music. I just like the peace and quiet of nothing, you know? So I think it's going to be different for everyone. But I, I think from that sense, we have to create space. Yeah. I'm really
0: I- taking a Yeah. Yeah. I, for myself, it's been seeking boredom. That's been kind of an epiphany I had over the last mm-hmm. few months. You know, and I've had cr- lots of like very severe mast cell issues for the last year and a half and it started with the mold, but it's really, you know, it's been a Pandora's box of basically, you know, like yeah. we've been talking about everything that's been wrong since the beginning of my childhood. Um, But, you know, I kind of hit a, um, a plateau at one point, you know, several months ago. And that was kind of one of the epiphanies that I had. It's like, I just need, to, I need to be bored because like, I'm never bored. I'm, if I am bored, mm-hmm. I've got my phone in my face and I'm scrolling on social media where I'm watching a video. I'm watching, there's always something happening. And so I mm-hmm. just started to be a little bit more mindful about just when am I having time to just sit with myself and, and ask those questions. Like, what do I actually want to do instead of just mm-hmm. always seeking to fill my brain with something, um, just looking for opportunities to like sit quietly for just a few minutes um, and allowing, I think, you know, we we get so uncomfortable now with like silence and without, with not doing so we always feel like we need to be productive. And um, you know, when you give yourself space to maybe just give yourself permission to not be productive, to not do anything, to not have input going into your brain at every moment um, you actually will probably end up being more productive because you can find out what you actually want to be doing.
1: (laughs) Right. Exactly. I think that that's really good. I think the space is the the key is how do we begin to find these little pockets and not think about these huge windows of space, but just where do I have a moment in my day to stop and breathe and, and find myself?
2: And if you don't, then your day is controlling you because we all have a minute, five minutes. We all do. I don't care who it is. Who your boss is, how many kids you have, you can all create the space because if you don't, you're never going to heal. It impo- doesn't matter how clean you eat, what supplements you take, how much money you spend on a lab or you do the Dutch test. It's not going to work, right? Because more of the same is more of the same because more of the same. And unless you change, your biology is not going to change.
1: Oh.
0: I love that. That's, you know, it's honestly and it's it's tough. It's hard to do. And we you know, it's, it's one of the hardest things to do, but that's also where the greatest reward is because yeah, you can, you know, get the supplements. I you think can do it, easy. it That's so true. And it really is, you know, when you do take the time and you kind of reframe, it does take a little bit of a reframe of saying, okay, well, I'm, instead of giving myself six months to, to get better, or even a year to get, I, you know, went back and I'm, course, laughing at myself because I was like, oh, you know, I'm going to be really patient with my healing. It's probably going to take me a year like, ha ha ha. That was, you know, a year and a half, two years ago. I'm still going, (laughs) Um, you know, so there's no timeline and it's probably going to be longer than you think it is. But it's just it's that snowball effect of if you can create one healthy habit for yourself now that's in your routine. Okay, what's the next thing that you feel is going to Uh, be transformational. And I, I think, you know, with the food stuff, I think you guys have um, a really great approach to nutrition because it is easy and it is based on, well, like what, you know, what do you like? You know, you're not sitting there saying, well, here's a list of all the things that you can't have. And this is illegal. And here's all these foods in red over here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's more just, you know, feed yourself and, you know, have meals let's we you know what are some good protein options what are some good you know nutrient dense carbs that you can enjoy and you know i love when you guys post recipes i think uh Jeannie, you made was something with a spaghetti squash with like
2: everyone loves that oh spaghetti was it the
0: end, yes i was like oh that's such a good idea and just so easy um so it doesn't have to be me- complicated
1: And that's one of the things that we, you know, really encourage people to do Or what are flavors that you love? Don't give up the flavors that you love, but shape them, you know, through using whole foods, through using quality ingredients, right? In a balance that helps your body find a little bit more stability. So it's not about giving up what you love, but, you know, one of the steps that we have people take is sit down. And have a little bit of a plan, like what are two or three breakfast meals that you love? And then let's let's rebalance them out, a little, bounce them out a little bit. And what are three dinner meals that you love? And let's bounce that. And, you know, for women, out- for everyone out there who's cooking, don't cook one portion, cook multiple portions. So you have the things that you need for yourself when you need them, right? Instead of constantly being in the kitchen, because We don't have the time to be in the kitchen more often than not, right? Nobody wants to be doing that.
2: It doesn't – I was going to say, like, it doesn't always have to be, like – Like, I know people online post these, like, beautiful meals. Forget
1: about recipes. It's so so social
2: media because no one lives like that. It's impossible, right? Like, we eat – what we eat because of our day, you know what I mean? Like my lunch right now, because I had a super rush day was, and it was just quick because there was nothing like I had 10 minutes, literally. So I had liver pate, a can of oysters, a few pretzels and some berries, you know, and that, that type of like meal snack works for me so I can do it, but it doesn't always have to be so grandiose and so beautiful and, and and Instagram worthy. It just has to work for you metabolically and sustain you. That's the key. So don't be like my meals aren't as pretty and complex as everyone online. Like, yes, the strong sisters. I mean, it's like, I want to move in with them, but not everyone has the time <laughs> to do that. You know what I mean? So don't try to replicate that. It's what they do. It's their passion. It's their job. Partly they have a farm, but not everyone has to do that. You know, it, it can right. be simple and you Honestly, it has to be simple. And if you do, you're going to be compliant, which is going to create health over time.
0: Right. And I think, you know, people often too, that it's, oh, well, I need a a whole cookbook or I need a meal plan or I need, you know, it's like, well, for, I mean, I always come back to myself because I, you know, my own best um, experiment, but you know, I have my like one or one of two breakfasts that i normally have every day it's almost always the same um and my boyfriend's just you know we eat pretty much the same thing almost every day and then when i do post something on social media it's like oh well this is when i actually did go out and i made something special (laughs) um you know but i also like i do a ton of casseroles i do like i try to do a casserole like once a week just because that'll last us for a few days and um you know, and, and things like I'll do like potatoes or sweet potatoes or squash or something and, or, you know, cut up some veggies and just put that all in the fridge. And, you know, so you can make a meal like you had, Josh, where you're just pulling a, f- a few snacks and throwing it on a plate yeah. and, you know, it doesn't have to be pretty. Um, It just has to, you know,
1: make you not hungry,
0: <laughs> right. support your body.
1: <laughs> exactly. The little baby steps along the way will get you where you want to go. Yeah. But- I
2: always say the the equation for health Is doing something that allows you to be compliant, consistent over time will create health. Just like paying off debt. If you can put the same amount of money in that's comfortable for you and you can be consistent and be compliant with it, you will pay off your debt. And I know because I've been in debt. You know, I remember coming out of college, credit cards, I didn't know what they were. They're all over the quad. Get a free T-shirt, get a credit card. I'm going to the bars. I'm buying clothes. He's like, oh, my friend's like, you just charge it and pay it later. I'm like, I had no concept back in the day. You know, I was $20,000 in debt, you know, um, and my parents found them. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm devastated. <laughs> my parents are like, every single week, you're going to give us $250 from your paycheck of work. Every week. And that's what I did. And I paid off my debt. Right? Consistency, time, compliance will equal health.
0: That's awesome. I feel like that's such a, that's such a beautiful bow to like end this conversation. I could talk to you guys easily for like three more hours, but (laughs) I want to be respectful of your time. Um, and I think that was just like, just a, so full of nuggets for everyone. And I hope they feel that same way. So, um, if people want to work with you, um, are you guys taking individual clients or are you, are you mostly just taking people through your group programs right
1: now? Really trying to filter everyone through group, but we are taking one, we're both taking one to two
2: clients a month. We're working with less one-on-one people this year, you know, so we don't have as many spots, but we are taking one-on-one clients. And yeah, we have our group um, coaching program, which is on our website at eastwesthealing.com. Or again, if you want to find us on social media, it's eastwesthealing on Facebook, but Real Food Gangs is on Instagram.
0: And I'll have that all um, in the description so people can find you. I also want to say for anybody listening, your guide um, balancing the body budget is such a fantastic place for people to start. Um, it's just yes. kind of like a yeah, it's a gu- It's a guidebook of kind of everything you need to do to kind of it's start. The yeah. It's, the basics. it's
1: the basics. It's going back to the basics and taking one little piece at a time. And I think it's a very powerful place for it's, people who are starting out. to It's be
2: not out. an end-all be-all. We don't promote it to be. It's a starting place. But um, it looks really good. Forget who helped us create it, but it looks really good. <laughs>
0: Well, I think, you know, for anybody who's listening, who wants to really, you know, work on that, you know, radical responsibility, you know, it's one of those things with that guide. If they, if, if I feel like if anyone were to just take that and go through every week and just pick like one thing, maybe go through a chapter a week and just start trying to apply one thing at a time, that would be transformational.
1: Huge, huge. So good. Thank you, Maddie.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. I really appreciate you guys being on today. It's just been so really awesome great. to talk to you guys face to face. so much. Thank you for everybody listening. Thank you guys for tuning in and I will see you on the next or you'll,
1: I won't see you. You'll hear me on the next episode. <laughs>